Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Patty. Hey. And today we are going to discuss the dark side of awakening and why it's so beautiful. Such a contradiction there, but that has been our experience. This specific title came to me because Patty and I were discussing what we're going to talk about this week. And she talked about, you know, let's talk about the darkness, uh, you know, involved in the transformation process. Because something we've sort of uh, observed is that a lot of people in like the stereotypical, you know, spiritual communities tend to have an aversion to the darkness and focus upon only the love and light, which, of course, is wonderful and beautiful. But me, like this, this, this reminded me of when I first began her, her bringing this topic up. When she said it, I was like, yeah, this is a good topic because this is something that we have a lot to say about and I think will be a very important and relevant topic for pretty much anybody who's actually going through this experience. But it reminded me of my very, very first blog post with this current channel that you all are familiar with, my Spiritual Awakening channel. And the name of that blog post was The Dark Side of Awakening. And it was inspired because at that time, I was listening, or more so, I was reading more so a lot of uh, a lot of energy updates on this one particular website, where there was like you know like uh, multiple contributors to these different energy readings, and all of them were very uh, the the way they would present it would sort of gloss over the challenging aspects of the the energies, if you will. And but they would be almost implied, almost like a like a mother speaking to her children in a way that she's trying to kind of inform them, but almost like avoid breaching over certain topics that might upset them, even though that's the truth, kind of. So I was reading these articles, and I would even though it would be put forth in a very positive way, I would feel like you know what. I could tell what they were avoiding saying. So why don't you just say it? Why don't you just go into it? Anyway, that was little that was not intended to be a rant. That was just my line of thinking at the time. So it inspired me to create this blog post about the dark side because I'm like, you know what? I know for a fact there are folks out there who are experiencing the dark side as I am and, and the challenges and, and the things that cause you to grow. And I said, you know what? I want to start talking about those openly because I know we're all going through it. So anyway, that's long story for a, to remind, <laughs> let you know what inspired this topic. But today we're going to talk about, again, like how the darkness is actually there to serve us and to help us. And when we can understand it and embrace it, we can, it, it can just as that cliche sort of statement is, the darkness can show us our light. It can mm -hmm. reveal yeah. our light. It can be a catalyst. It can be a fuel for consciousness, literally. But in order for that transformative uh, potential to be uh, uh, benefited from, we must first not push away the darkness, yeah, rather embrace it, it mm -hmm. and dive into it. So let's dive right in. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one thing I want to share is, uh, the first thing I want to say is that darkness, at least in my recent experiences, it's just a label. Mm -hmm. the, I, I had this uh, ayahuasca experience a long time ago where it was before going into it, I had this sort of sense, this sort of dread almost that I was going to be going into like the darkness. I, I, cause some people do, they experience a lot of dark stuff when you take the medicine. And I just had this feeling like I was going to, but I, didn't, I really didn't want to. 
<laughs> I had this like fear about it. Like, yeah, like uh, I didn't want to experience, you know, uh, like scary sort of scenes and realms and darkness, etc. But anyway, guess what happened when I went into it? That's exactly <laughs> where I went. <laughs> and what happened, the way my vision sort of uh, transpired around me is I just started seeing a lot of very dark and scary and just eerie, negative, almost evil and sinister looking imagery. And it got darker and darker and darker. And I was like, oh, God, well, here we are. It's, <laughs> you know, worst nightmares come to pass. And then what happened is I started looking a little closer. And the, the faces, if you will, that were in my imagery, they started to kind of look at me. They, they started to kind of look at me that will be difficult to describe without showing you, but almost in a way to, to sort of say, hey, this is just how we look. Like the darkness collectively speaking forth. This is just how I appear to you. But I am also, just like you and just like light, a valid expression of existence. A valid and worthy expression of the divine. I just happen to look kind of scary. Uh, but but really, I'm not such a bad guy. I'm just this 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 expression of life that you've come to label as bad, dark, mm-hmm. evil. Say so you experience me in this way because you chose to cast a label on something you didn't understand, and it made me realize that yeah, darkness, bad, evil is literally just a mental construct. It's not really of substance. It's just a it's like a human labeling system. Mm-hmm. And th- th- those labels create this darkness, they create this resistance, and almost create this unpleasantness associated with that darkness. So anything you want to add to that, love? Uh, well, <clears throat> I had a very similar experience on mushrooms um, where these various different beings uh, came to me in my vision and... Um, they all looked very different, and um, some of them looked like what I would describe as like scary, and um, then they all like disappeared. And when they came back, they all had on a costume that looked kind of like scuba gear, like a like a helmet, and you know. And they, but I knew it was all the same beings. And what I got the message I got from that was, we're all the same basically we all carry dark we all carry light but the costume that we have on is different just like on halloween everybody has their own expression of what they want to look like when they dress up on halloween it was the same only it was just our skin our skin is our costume so what i took away from that was the um idea that like you said you know darkness is just a label and um it doesn't have to be good or bad. There is such a thing as neutral. And if you observe things that might seem dark or evil as neutral, then that will be your experience with that particular situation or whatever, it, you know, being or whatever it is. Yeah. Now, what comes to mind is I've heard this story of yours, and I think I would like to ask you to add to go into more detail because I remember you saying there's a particular yeah. extra scary being. Why don't you share that little tidbit? I think so, that really <clears throat> paints this picture so beautifully. Bef- yeah. Before they all disappeared, I looked at all of the beings and um, some of them looked uh, sort of humanoid. Some of them looked insectoid. And there was one particular being that was this giant 
really, I, I don't like to say scary now because, you know, oh, you know what I'm about to say. It'd be a contradiction say. to your point, you but know what for I, all well, intents and purposes, yes, scary. I, it, the one that looked the most sinister was a dragon being that looked exactly like, I don't know if you have ever watched Game of Thrones or seen the dragons on Game of Thrones, but um, it looked like that, very, very reptilian and scaly. And But I looked in this being's eyes, and though their eyes were the most benevolent out of all of the beings, even though physically they looked scary, I trusted those beings, that being, more than the other ones because it felt like love. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of this whole concept is we me and Patty both like absolutely adore and love pit bulls. Mm-hmm. It's a it's sort of a controversial, very controversial dog breed. Um but we, we used to have a couple of pit bulls and we liked them so much because they had such a formidable exterior. They were so muscular and somewhat scary looking to an extent, but yeah. their eyes were so gentle and and kind mm-hmm. and just pure just so loving Love, and their yeah. personalities were almost dorky and goofy and <laughs> sort of frumpy. Yeah. Like how could you possibly be afraid of this energy mm-hmm. even though the that it gets the costume that pit bulls wear. Now that's not to say they're not powerful and we did have our experiences with them, but I thought they're kind of a, a neat little example of what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well and and the experiences that we did have with the with the pit bulls was um very much needed for our growth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing I will say, I'm trying to think if it's actually relevant. I'm going to share. This might be a slight... I was going to say, it's always relevant if you think you want to say it. Well, I like to stay on point. This is sort <laughs> of on point, but I think it'll be a valuable thing for other people to to hear because I was at the gym this one time, not too long ago, actually. I never mentioned it, but me and Aaron were at the gym like a couple weeks ago, and this kid came up. He recognized us. He was like, oh, man, you know, it's excited. We got a picture with him. Aww. And then, like, I tried to text him this picture. But like I kept not going through and he started walking away. But I knew this kid's going to be pissed off if he, he was so happy to get a picture with yeah. us. And I took it with my phone. So I, I like chased him down and was like, I made sure to like make it work for him. And we got to talking a little bit. And he was saying like, yeah, he was like, man, I was going through some weird stuff. He, he mentioned that he went to uh, like a, a, a spiritual festival of sorts. I, I forgot mm. the way he put it, but something like that, a gathering with different speakers and, you know, situations. And he said, man, I was really put off by it. He said it was very weird, almost like 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 an evil sort of vibe, like they were into like voodoo or witchcraft or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not even I'm not even necessarily opposed to those things. I'm just using those as an example right. as sort of the vibe he was expressing. And what popped in my mind was this particular story to share with him because I kind of knew what had happened. I just had this strong sense that he didn't, there was nothing, you know, there was no wrong. There was no uh, foul play at this p- particular spiritual event. It was just too much for him initially. It, it reminded me of this particular story, where you probably remember. I was watching this guy on YouTube a long time ago. I think it was George Casavalias yep. or something. Mm-hmm. And he was some guy, and I, I don't think he was necessarily bad or anything. He was just he was talking about some of the dark side of awakening, talking about like the negative ETs and how they're not all made of love and light and this and that. And the way I experienced his message at that time when I was just new to everything because it was too much for me to sort of take in at that time that I filtered his message, which was fairly informative in retrospect, 
through the through through uh, a fear filter where I perceived him as bad as negative. I thought his whole message was I thought he was part of the dark side, <laughs> and I had went into this whole fearful sort of scenario. We, like sage the house, and yeah, the computer, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes. A, a very higher vibrational thing, message, song, gathering, if you will, when you're not quite ready for it, it will actually bring forth a lot of your own darkness and you will perceive that thing as bad, evil, sinister, mm-hmm. etc. So that's not exactly, yeah. as you can see, perfectly relevant, but I know a lot of people have probably experienced this going into a situation or hearing a message that, you know what? People like this person. People, everyone seems to be having a good time. Why am I so afraid and so opposed as well? That that's actually triggering darkness within you to be released. And that's actually a wonderful and highly transformative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the darkness, I think, overall, is just a very misunderstood and, and quick to be judged sort of thing that's not really giving its given its proper um, due, paid its proper dues because mm-hmm. there, it's so many different... Uh, Potentials. Anyway, I'm I'm going off too no, much. We're gonna it's move fine. on um, to point number two. Do you want to say anything else based upon what I said? Um, something came to mind, but it kind of left my mind now. So, you sure. Uh, yeah, I, I it wouldn't be articulated um, in the correct way. It'll if it comes back to me, I'll mention it. Okay. This next point I want to share with you. It's inspired by a, a book that's been very helpful to me, and it's the obstacle i.e. darkness, is the way. This book, The Obstacle is the Way by a guy named... I know, I was just going to say, is that called that? What is this weird title, Vic? Yeah, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. He's a really cool guy. He's really into Stoic philosophy, which I find to be very helpful in mastering the earth game, if you will. And he just goes and he he, uh, shares a lot of different instances throughout history where great leaders or just, you know, powerful human beings, you know, influential people were met with obstacles, great adversity. And and he tells the story in a way where you you hear the, the, the struggle, the, the adversity, the problem, if you will, the darkness. And then you hear how it plays out, how it shapes that person, how it always ends up giving that particular person, the victor, if you will, exactly what they need for that next step, that next leg in their journey. And the obstacle, the darkness ends up giving them, um, you know, wings to fly, basically, even Mm -hmm. though if taken stock, uh, you know, if we take stock too early, all we see is this problem, this blockade that seems to be, you know, obstructing our path. Mm -hmm. But really that blockade is like a ladder. Yeah. So have you ever, I didn't actually write down a good example, but I've had many. Do you have any examples in your life where a challenge has actually helped you? Um... Of course, it just comes down to which one am I going to share? Right. Um, ah, I have I have one that's it's good. It's uh, it's it's really helped teach me patience. Um, so um, years ago, my car got hit in a parking lot, and. Um, my car was in the shop for like a ridiculously long amount of time for the amount of damage that had gotten done on my car. And I had just gotten my car back and I said, uh, we had gone out like on a double date with Victor's sister and her husband. Actually, I don't even, they, I don't think they were even married at the time yet. But anyway, we, uh, 
I was like telling her about my car and I was like, yeah, it was in the shop and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, I would literally die if that ever happened to me again. And sure as shit, we get to the parking lot where it was parked and the valet guy comes over to me and he's, uh, or the parking guy, cause it was in a parking, it wasn't valet. It was like a parking uh, lot. He's like, so something happened. And I knew immediately that someone had hit my car in the parking lot. And, um, again, my car was in the shop, but what that taught me was for one, I, I didn't literally die. (laughs) It was a challenge that I needed in my life because my life was, you know, very structured and like I did this and this and this and this and this and every day. And, and I needed that to sort of teach me to roll with the punches a little bit more, even though I tend to be allowing, but even at the time it was less than I am now. And it taught me patience, like my car will get done when it's done. And, um, and, uh, that was a little bit less of diving into the darkness, but, um, I've also had, uh, that was just one particular situation, but I've also had situations where, um, diving into my darkness, uh, helped me grow. And I'll share this story and then you can, share some things. So, um, before I met Victor, I had, uh, really just chosen to dive deep into my darkness, into my, into my, uh, dysfunction. And, um, and I started getting very addicted to, uh, drugs and alcohol and, um, uh, various behaviors that were extremely damaging to, to my physical body and my emotional body. And, um, I looked at myself in the mirror in the midst of this and I was like, what? I had like a moment of clarity and it was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? And I was like, well, I'm in too deep now. So I just kept going. I just kept diving deeper and deeper into that. But what happened was I ended up getting into some legal trouble and, um, it sort of forced me to come out of that, um, darkness and it forced me to look at all those behaviors and all those things that I was doing to myself. And it forced me to grow in an, at an exponential rate. So where I was at by the time I was 19, because this was a, you know, probably six months or so period of time started at 18. I was growing to a point by the time I was 19 that I was emotionally more mature than my older siblings and um, a lot of my friends who are my own age. Yeah. Nice. So the two stories. (laughs) Okay, cool. So yeah, (laughs) I also have like really dark ones I could go into. You know, I suffered from addiction and this kind of thing, but I'm going to keep it kind of light. Something that popped in my mind was uh, when I became, when I first, when I got my first job as a personal trainer, you know, prior to that, I was really into fitness and I was, uh, I had spent a whole year going through this pretty, pretty well, uh, it's pretty like high level personal training school. Like you can get certified in like a couple of weeks for, in a lot of ways, but this is a, an entire year long program school I, I attended. And I'd finally, after getting out of school and graduating, I got this, my first job, which was so awesome. It was like the perfect type of job. I was so happy because it was the type of training studio that they got you clients. So I didn't Mm -hmm. have to go and sell myself, which was something I sort of feared. And it was so awesome. 
And I didn't know how it was going to be, but my first day I went to work, I realized the way they have it organized is you have clients back to back to back to back to back for some like four or five, six hours sometimes without a, a single break. And that sort of was a challenge to me because I smoked cigarettes at the time. Mm-hmm. I know I was a trainer. I smoked. It's sort of weird. <laughs> but I, I smoked at the time and I said, oh, my God, I, I can't go. I, I could go that long, but I would be extremely irritable. I was, at the time, I was smoking like at least a pack a day. And I thought, man, I, I, I worked so hard for this job. I remember when I when I had a personal trainer years before that, when I was like 18 or so, all the a lot of my trainers smoked cigarettes, so I didn't I didn't think it was going to be some kind of issue, but it, it became apparent to me that I needed I, I I could not smoke and sustain that job, so I just had to quit. It was this horrible obstacle, but but I just started. I bought this Nicorette gum and I would chew that that disgusting tasting gum that hardly even worked. And after about a week or two, I, I I was able to quit. It kind of forced me to quit. But anyway, the point of me saying this is that sort of experience gave me this like really high level of discipline that I was able to sort of trans sort of uh, express to my clients and sort of like emanate that type of, you know, their trainer, I, I could speak from like extreme authority because I didn't have any bad habits. I, I was able to quit on my own. Um, and that was kind of an obstacle, which at the time, the way I, the way it's coming out story-wise doesn't seem all that very entertaining or exciting or even that relevant. But at the time, I, I was thinking like, I'm going to have to not be a personal trainer. This job's not going to work. All I've worked for is going to, it's going to just sort of crumble before me. But that obstacle, again, it gave me what I need to be an exceptional personal trainer. So mm. that's my little story. I and actually have another story I'd like to share. Do you want to? Because we all have like hundred stories. But no, I know. It, but this okay. one, this one, um, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, relevant. I okay. Think. So, um, when I first started doing, I, I used to be a hairdresser. When I first started doing hair, I worked at a salon where my boss was incredibly, incredibly demanding and um, slightly mentally unstable. And uh, I remember I had just started working there and I had, I was like, I don't even know if I'd work there a week or a couple of days or what it was, but I remember I called Victor and I was crying and I was like, I don't know if I can work for this woman. She's like so mean and like rude and I just don't know if I can like handle it. And Victor said, you'll be, you don't have to work there forever. Just use this as an opportunity to learn. Cause she was like an amazing hairdresser. She'd been doing hair for over 30 years and was just like, could teach me things. Like I learned so much in one day. It was crazy. So I switched my frame of thinking from this is terrible. And I don't know how I'm going to last to, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to learn. And, um, I didn't work there very long. I worked there probably five or six months, but in that time, I learned so much about myself, about hair and doing hair. And it was, I'm incredibly grateful for that time that I worked for her, even though it was an incredibly challenging six months or so. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Patty did become a really good hairdresser where we had people coming all like from like this, there's this bordering city, uh, Bloomfield Hills, which was really far away from where we lived. And we had several people coming out from that way, really wealthy people driving all that way just because Patty was like that good. To come to my house. Yeah, she did do an (laughs) exceptional job. But yeah, you would constantly reference what you learned from 
Wasn't her name Patty? Yeah, her name was Patty. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It was meant to be. <laughs> okay. Now I want to share with you something that's more relevant to going into your own darkness, not so much an external catalyst for growth and challenge. Uh, and I want to share with you this rubber band analogy I got from one of my favorite uh, channelers. His name is Bashar. You can see him on YouTube. He's awesome. And he says he has this rubber band analogy. He says, the further you allow yourself to pull your rubber band back into your own darkness, when you do finally let go, you will shoot that much further into the light, into your light. Mm -hmm. And I found for me earlier in my spiritual awakening, it was much more magical, much more love and light. And I felt like just really sort of effortlessly going with the flow, more easily guided by my intuition. And it just seemed like very positive and upbeat and high vibrational and mm -hmm. synchronistic. Uh, and But then as I got further along in my journey, I was very perplexed because it started to kind of take on a darker tint. I started to have to kind of face some of my own my own demons, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 you know, the experience of the awakening became much more dark, much more negatively polarized in a sense. But that was because of exactly what Bashar said. Now I was ready. Now it's time to start pulling the rubber band back right and, and the more the deeper i go into my my ego my darkness the more light i'm able to kind of bring forth from my soul from my higher self into this physical this personality you know as victor i'm able to really exemplify more of my spirit qualities the more often and the deeper i dive into my own issues into my own darkness etc that's why i'm such a fan of ayahuasca mm -hmm. because yeah, it's uh, a very short little experience that just takes you extremely deep extremely far and extremely quickly into your own darkness and then by the end of the ceremony when you come out of it you feel amazing you feel light you literally feel transformed but the experience of it is uh it's just quite dark sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, a, that's yeah. like a perfect metaphor for what I'm saying here. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I love um, working with ayahuasca and other plant medicines is because they have a way of showing you your darkness and then, and like you said, transmuting it, transforming it into something that resonates, you know, with love. So, yeah. you know, it's just reflections of ourselves yeah and even you know plant medicine aside I, we've all we can had do that without it yeah well just the, the nature of the spiritual awakening will take you yeah like people complain about the ups and downs no mm -hmm. one likes it but those downs are like trample it's like a trampoline mm -hmm. you bounce down you pop back up right. so we can have cycles where everything in our life seems to be heading south and breaking down and things aren't working. We're, we're getting several strokes of what people perceive as bad luck. Mm -hmm. And and during that time, we also feel off our game. We feel disconnected. We just feel like that magic and that connection is gone. And we're forced to deal with the fallout of our life from a very imbalanced state. And it's a very dark time. It's a, the, people call it the dark night of the soul for, for a reason. Uh, but after those periods, after that uh 
confrontation and releasing and re-experiencing of your darkness, you get to emerge a new person, like a butterfly, a transformed human being, revving at a higher frequency than ever before, bringing forth more light than ever before, feeling happier, better, more grounded, more stable than ever before. And then your life experience will start to reflect that opportunities, ideas, the right people come into your life. And it's it's just it's this, this wild dance, this wild wave, these waves of ups and downs, ups and downs, but every down brings you higher and higher and and higher. And that's the, the nature of the awakening. And I think what... One of the reasons I wanted, to, I agreed with you about this this podcast episode because so many people they resist and they resent yeah. and the the down phases, if you will, and then they feel like they've done something wrong when in fact it's actually the opposite. It means you're actually strong enough to dive deep and you're going to learn a lot. But anyway, I think a lot of a lot of the darkness, from what I've gathered, is not so much. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? People don't really utilize it in the way that's possible. Yeah. It's, it's more like just a period of enduring it rather than saying, hey, what's this mean? Why is this happening? What could I learn? Yeah. What is What are these circumstances in my life that seem to kind of suck? What do they correlate with inside of myself? What's yeah. the message? What's the theme, the metaphor? What can I learn? How can I grow? Yeah. And when you go in with this inquisitive mindset, with this knowing that this darkness is going to help me and teach me and help me grow, then you can go in and and really make good use of it mm-hmm. yeah um are, is there another like aspect to this that we're going to go into because i'm gonna I'm there's gonna one more it. point below this one but you can share another angle of the rubber band analogy if you'd like well it's not about it's yeah i guess okay i'm gonna share so um we recently uh did a retreat and um it was amazing, but <clears throat> anyway, the I was talking to a couple of people, and we were talking about darkness, and and um, and I just said everything serves its purpose, and everything has its place, and that's how when things are challenging, or or I meet someone who is clearly dark energetically, I just observe them and look at it like that serves its purpose, and it needs to be here so that way I can appreciate fully my light and the light that I'm surrounded by. So that's yeah, just a little add. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know if that was relevant, but I wanted to sort add Sort of it anyway. a little bit. <laughs> Not all mine have been today. So the last thing we'll say is why the darkness is actually beneficial, even though we sort of alluded to that in multiple occasions here. Um, I'll go back to some of the, the darkest things that ever happened to me in my life. One of them was when I was younger. As a lot of you know, I was hit by a firecracker. It was a very serious, very tragic event. I was in, I was hospitalized for, for weeks. I had went through multiple surgeries. And for a little nine-year-old kid, it was the epitome of something extremely traumatic and, and random and seemingly unfair. And that was just like the tip of the iceberg. What that created in me was a tremendous amount of anxiety and in insecurity mm-hmm. and just inner conflict and, and, and pain. Um, and that led to a, 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 dick, a nasty heroin addiction. So it was this horrible, all bad, all dark. But those experiences have now allowed me to, to reach and inspire literally hundreds of thousands of people are able to benefit from my message because they feel, people hear me and they, they feel like 
I'm not judging them. They'd say, this guy's been through it and he's lived the Talibat and he's doing okay for himself. And it just, they feel like they can trust me mm-hmm. because they know I know what it's, what they're going through. And that ability to connect with people on that deep empathetic level in order to help and heal and inspire and transform them would not have come if I had grazed through life unscathed like my mind would have preferred. Mm. So that darkness has allowed me. I'm glad if I could go back and say shit, yeah, I'd go, I'd go through that again, even though that sucked big time. If I that, knowing that would help me, allow me, like really give me a, a cornerstone of what I need to inspire. Thousands and thousands of people, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, so that just there's so many benefits. There's so much good that comes from darkness, and we even see this sometimes with the, these intense clim- climate in weather events when there's a, a bad hurricane mm-hmm. or something. And of course, we don't want to see that. We don't want people to be harmed. But what what happens after that? You see people banding together. You see the slate between social status being wiped clean and everyone getting back into their human roots and banding together and helping and realizing what's important in life and it's their people it's themselves it's love it's it's uh you know human connection and these beautiful experiences are in a sense forced upon people sometimes in in tragedy yeah it's just a way for the earth to cleanse itself and become reborn like one one of the things that happens we don't really get them too much here in vegas but um they're wildfires in california you know, and, and other places that get wildfires. Um, that is necessary. We read something at one of the parks that was saying, like, the wildfires are necessary for new plants to grow in. Yes. So it's like that. those types of, um, you know, hurricanes or earthquakes or whatever, fires, those types of things are just the way for the earth to cleanse herself so new, beautiful things can be re- reborn. Yeah, yeah, and it reminds me, yeah, exactly. We were at this uh, park, I think it was in Las Vegas, actually. Yeah, I think it was. And there was a sign saying, don't, you know, I forgot the way it was tied up, but don't be upset about the wildfires. And it went into detail explaining that, well, these wildfires, that for one, it's just sort of, it's a natural thing. Um, and even though it sort of temporarily burns up the plants to the ground, those, th- that that ash is actually a very powerful soil or a fertilizer rather. And then what will grow after that eventually is actually more lush, more vibrant, more healthy, and more well-established than what was previously there. Right. Um, but anyway, this whole concept reminds me of this book I read a long time ago called Tribe. I'm trying to, th- I can't think of the author, but it's a really awesome book. I'd highly recommend it. It talks about just human social connection. You can go see what he wants if you want, love. I don't know if he's calling me. Oh, we can hear our three-year-old. <laughs> Anyway, and he talks about how during times of war, studies have proven that their depression rates, which you think would go through the roof, actually plummet because there's this intangible thing, this intangible um, interconnectedness and camaraderie that is formed when everyone is sort of in this situation together. So I found that kind of interesting. So anyway, Patty went off to check on Sebastian. We're going to close this out in a minute here. But anyway, we just I, I honestly feel like a lot of the audience that listens to us already is probably in, in this sort of line of thinking. But maybe this will kind of help you make sense of some of the things you're going through. And, and remember your past. Remember that you can look into whatever darkness is present in your life or within yourself and consciousness that you can trust that there will be some sort of 
uh, light and seed of equivalent benefit, as Napoleon Hill would say, that will eventually stem and grow and blossom out of whatever challenge or hardship you're you're experiencing at this time. So I'll, I was kind of closing it out, love. Okay. Are you good? Is he good? Yeah, he just, I don't, he wanted to show me something. It wasn't even, he was Gotcha. Lying. Okay, my friends. Well, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week. We wish you well with you, everything in your life, especially the darkness. Yes. And we will <laughs> see you next week. Namaste. Namaste.